right, let's bow our heads. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you, praise you, love you, honor you. God, I'm praying that you would hide me beneath the cross, that you would think through my mind, speak through my mouth. God, let it be all of you, less of me, so the people will be eternally touched and blessed. And we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. And let the people say, Amen. Amen. Come on with your Bibles in your hands. Repeat after me. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I will have what it says I will have. I'm a part of Deliverance Temple. Where we love by living our vision every day. We connect with our creator continually. We confess our deliverance consistently. We commit to serve creatively. Come on, help me out. We communicate Christ's love compassionately. Amen. Come on. All right. Come on, put your hands together. Praise the Lord. We're going to start off in the scripture, Deuteronomy 28, 13. going to start here, uh, and uh, I'm going to explain it. But I'm starting here because this is a scripture that I say all the time, that you hear the apostles say all the time. Whenever we're getting excited, this is one of the things that we say in this church all the time. This maybe will help you know exactly where it's found in, but then we're going to use that as a springboard from what we're going to teach of teach from. So Deuteronomy 28, 13, I'll read it. It says, and the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail, and thou shalt be above only, and thou shalt not be beneath. If that thou hearken unto the commandments of the Lord thy God, which I command thee this day to observe and to do them. If you've ever heard me or apostles say, we're the head and not the tail, we are above only and not beneath, raise your hand. Come on, you can't be here delivering simple and not hear us say that because it's one of our uh, promises and it is in Deuteronomy 28, 13. But today I want to speak from this topic and it's simply this, a cut above. Somebody say a cut above. I am a cut above. I want you to repeat that with me. Say I am a cut above. I'm going to uh, back up just a little before I begin to move on and preach and, and tell you just an experience that I had just uh, just the beginning of this week. Uh, I had some business to do in Chicago, so I took my, my two sons, and we decided to do just some other things and just kind of allowing them to explore before they go back to uh, school. And I, I was going to take my daughter, too, but she said she wanted to stay home with her mama, so it was just me and the boys. And one of the things I've never done since I've been in Chicago, I've been in Chicago uh, many times, but I had never been into the Willis Tower, which was formerly known as the Sears Tower. Uh, very tall. At one point, was the tallest building in America. At one point, it was the tallest building in the world. No longer anymore. But it sits 1,400-something feet in the sky. And so we decided to go there. And they built this glass ledge where you can actually step out, and all you see is space. You can step away from the, the building, and all you have is a glass bottom and glass all around you. It's very solid, but it gives you that feeling of walking on air. Amazing. And there's a lot of people there waiting to be in line, get in line, and we took pictures, had a good time. 
But then as I was stepping back around and looking out some of the other windows, I just noticed that there was a bird flying above where I was looking out. Now, in this particular place I was looking out, they said that you can see four states, especially if it's clear in Chicago, you can see four states. You can see Indiana, Illinois, uh, Michigan, and uh, I believe Wisconsin, just because you're up that high. But there was a bird higher than that. Now, while I was uh, going through this little museum thing, they, they were talking about the, the marvel of man, what man can build, what man can accomplish. And I was just thinking, man, look at what man has done. And then here's this bird flying very high. And God just reminded me, look at what I can do. Man can build skyscrapers, but I can just build a small little bird and have him just lift off into the sky. Do you know that sometimes some of the reasons why planes fail and fall is because a bird gets up there? Planes sit up at like 30,000 feet, but God built creatures that can go 30,000 feet. So as I begin to think about that, there's nothing greater than what you've been created to be. Man can do amazing things. You can go and see amazing things. But what God created you and destined you to be is a cut above anything that anybody else can do. You, you, you are the only you in the entire world. There, there's nobody that's made just like you, looks just like you, thinks just like you. They, they say there are no two snowflakes that are the same, but there's nobody just like you. When God made you, he broke the mold. You indeed are a cut above. Yes, there's a mod, uh, there, there's modern marvels of, of all kinds of technology and things that blow your mind. But at the end of the day, you are the greatest thing that ever walked the face of the earth. Because when God put his breath in your body, you are a carrier of the living God. God had a son, but he wanted a family that he could put his presence down on the inside. You are a walking Jesus. You are a walking Holy Ghost. You are a walking God in the earth. You are a cut above. If it wasn't for this flesh, we would see how great we really are. So we got to wait and live long enough to cross over into heaven. Because the flesh has a way of bringing us down. I talked about it in Bible study, and I, I like to use it the way Apostle would say. It talks about the gravitational pull. The, the, the earth has what we call a gravitational pull that, that just brings us down. But the flesh operates sometimes against our spirit in the same way, and it has a way of sometimes bringing us down. But when we think about what God has done in our life, at the end of the day, we are a cut above. We're like that bird that was flying around. Everybody is looking at the Sears Tower, how special it is, and here's this bird just doing what it's supposed to do. You really don't have to make a whole lot of noise about what you're doing. Just be you. Just, just do you. Just, just exist. You ain't got to tell everybody what you're doing. Just show up and do. Show up and be. Just show up looking good, smelling good, thinking good, acting good, because you are somebody special. Some people don't like this kind of preaching because they always want us to focus on sin and always want us to focus on flesh and always want to focus on failures. Listen, we're the deliverance temple. We know we got flesh. We know we got failures. But I ain't talking about flesh and failures. I'm talking about the God inside of me and the God inside of you. Greater is he that is in me 
than he that's in the world. You, you raise me up. You lift me up. I can go to higher heights and deeper depths, not because of me, not because of my education, not because of my last name, but because of who I serve. So we ought to be a happy people. Yeah, we got issues. Yeah, we got troubles. But you shouldn't be able to stop us from praising. Praise is commonly for the upright. For folk who are cut above, they act like they are cut above. Let's give you some definitions for above. That, that, that'll help us as we move forward. Above, I'm going to give you three definitions. One, at a higher level or layer. Let, let me just pause and talk about that just for a, a second. I, I, I don't have to succumb to my haters because I'm at a higher level and layer than my haters. I, I don't have to judge them and look down on them. But for me to stoop down would lower me because I'm at a higher level and a higher layer. Sometimes I, when, when I text and something I see something stupid, I don't spell it S-T-U-P-I-D. I spell it S-T-O-O-P-I-D. Because some stuff is so stupid, I'd have to stoop down to get down on that level. I, I know it's hard, but Michelle Obama said, when they go low, we go high. When you are cut above, some, I don't even have time to, to worry about what you think and what you saying and what you said and he said and she said. I'd be stupid because I'd have to stoop myself low to come down to that level. When you are cut above, you don't have time for the minuscule stuff. Now, there's nothing wrong with this, but let me just throw this out there. There's nothing wrong with flipping burgers when you need to flip burgers to make money. Nothing wrong with that. But if I have a multi-million dollar company, how am I going to let somebody flipping burgers talk about me? You're not on my level. So you, your, your opinion really doesn't matter. It's okay. You can have your opinion, but it really doesn't matter because I'm on a different level and I'm on another layer. Amen? All right, let's, let's, uh, let's look at uh, point uh, uh, definition number two under above. When they bring it up higher in grade or rank, uh, um, those who have been in the military understand some people just outrank other people. And even in spiritual matters, some people are just not on your rank. That's why you can't, can't fellowship with everybody, not because you're sedity, but you outrank some stuff. And you outrank some people, and people will try to call, uh, deal with you like you uh, E5, like you the Lord. I'm, I know I'm not E5. I'm, I'm a lieutenant. I, I'm a sergeant. I, I'm a captain. God didn't put some stuff in my hands and put some stuff in my realm. I can't lower myself to certain levels because I'm a cut above. All right, let's, let's read uh, uh, definition number three. Higher than a specified amount, rate, or norm. I'm not normal. It reminds me of Sister Ruth every time I think about that. I'm abnormal. I'm an abnormal Christian. I, I'm a cut above. I'm not just the average run-of-the-mill Christian. I can get a prayer through. When, when I talk to God, God listens. God knows me by name. I, I done spent some time in this thing. I, I'm not the average Joe in this thing. I got a relationship with God. And I'm anointed and I'm appointed. I'm deputized. I'm called for this. I was built for this. I'm born for this. And you ought to say the same thing. You ought to tell the devil, you can't push me over. I was born to succeed. I, I was born to overcome. I am the head and not the tail. I am above only and not beneath because of who lives on the inside of me. 
like I said, every day is not an up day. But in the up days, you better enjoy the up days. Instead of worrying about so much about the down days, because the down days are going to come. Whether you like it or not, the down days are going to come. But you might as well enjoy the up days. And sometimes the up days for me is Sunday morning at 11 o'clock. I'm about to praise my God. Look, you can sit on the seat and be cute if you want to, but I got to give God glory because he's been there for me. He's never left me, nor has he forsaken me. And at the end of the day, all, through all I've been through, I'm still caught above. Now, before I go on and preach, this is just appetizer. I'm just talking. Before I go on and preach, there's one other thing that I noticed when I went to the Willis or Sears Tower is when you first get in the building, they say in order to go to what they call the sky deck, there's escalators going down and the first thing I thought of is that we got to go down to go up and once I got on the escalators I told Drayden I said that's a sermon that'll preach he said it ain't that good daddy (laughs) (laughs) then I tried Dylan and Dylan wasn't feeling me either but 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 you know you can't I I couldn't stoop down to that level I I'm still going to use it in my sermon because sometimes it looks like you're going down, but God's going to bring you back up. See, the elevator that took you to the 103rd floor to get you to see out over all of Chicago, it's down on the bottom, but it was going to rapidly take you up. And sometimes it looks like you're going down, down, down. I don't have this, and I don't have money, and I'm not married, and I'm sick in my body, and my family has died, and my loved ones ain't saved. It looks like I'm going down, down, down. But guess what? God going to bring me up, up, up. And he's going to do it so fast that I forget about how far I went down. See, Draylon and Dylan, it's, it worked, see? <laughs> All right, let's, let, let, let's get into some scriptures. Let's look at Deuteronomy 26 and 17. You have declared today that the Lord is your God and that you will walk in his ways and keep his statutes and his commandments and his rules, and will obey his voice. So, so, so Moses was telling this, just to give you a background of what Deuteronomy is, Moses was getting ready to die and transition off the scene, and they had already had the law in both Exodus and Leviticus, and you see a lot of things in Numbers, and he was reminding them of everything in Deuteronomy, what they already had learned and already had messed up in. And he's basically like, Joshua's going to take over. These are the things you need to do. And basically, if you plan on following God, there's certain things that God plans on doing for you. Let's look at verse 18. And the Lord has declared today that you are a people for his treasured possession, as he has promised you, and that you are to keep all his commandments. It was a mutual thing. If y'all say y'all want to serve God, he will make you his treasured possession. Now, this is what's beautiful. That was under the Old Testament. Under the New Testament, all we got to do is just believe. And God accepts us. There, they had to do, and then God will do. That's the Old Covenant. The New Covenant is God has already done. All you got to do is accept what he's already done. Let's look at verse 19. And you'll see I have uh, above underlined read. And that he will set you in praise and in fame and in honor high above all nations that he has made. And that you shall be a people holy to the Lord your God as he promised. So I'm not just making up stuff. He said that, that the plan was to set them high above 
the other nations. And the reason why, not just so that they would get the big head, but the reason why is so that the other nations would look at them and say, I'm going to trade in all my wooden gods for their God because they are a cut above me. But the problem was the children of Israel kept lowering themselves down to the pagans level and start worshiping their gods and God was like I'm trying to set you above because I'm trying to revolutionize the entire world through y'all now when he sent Jesus to die on the cross he's still trying to do the same thing through the church but sometimes we stoop so low that when folk why would folk come and be a Christian when they're looking at us and we don't look like we on top of nothing I'm the head and not, no, I'm the tail and I've been the tail for the last 25 years. Why would I want your Jesus if you always the tail, if you always under the circumstances and under the weather? Listen, every now and then you're under the weather, but all the time, all your Christian life you've been depressed, all your Christian life you barely make it, all your Christian life you're climbing up the rough side of the mountain. That's a life I don't want no part of. He said, I want you to be above. All right, let's, let's go to verse uh, Deuteronomy 28 and 1. And if you faithfully obey the voice of the Lord your God, being careful to do all his commandments that I command you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. Set you high above all the nations of the earth. All the ethnos. I'm going to set you above and I'm going to put you up on display. Let's look at Deuteronomy 14 and 2. For thou art an holy people unto the Lord thy God, and the Lord hath chosen thee to be a peculiar people unto himself above all the nations that are upon the earth. So all throughout Deuteronomy, Moses was reiterating that God plans on setting you up. God wants some people that he can put on display. Some of us un understand display. When you go to the mall and to shop, especially those, those big malls, not, not, I shouldn't say big malls, but the fashion malls, the high, high price malls, malls that you plan on looking and not really buying. But what they do is they put certain outfits on display. You may not have been planning on buying it, but when I walked by the display that had it looking so good, I stepped inside the building, stepped inside. See, I, I, I didn't have Gucci money, but the Gucci display window was so Gucci, I had to step inside the Gucci building. And I had to look around and say, maybe, maybe I can afford it because the display looks so good. You have to understand that the wino doesn't think he can afford the love of Jesus. But when he sees your life on display, he makes up in his mind, if you can do it for Kay, you can do it for me. If you can do it for Alan, you can do it for me. If you can turn Royce around, you can turn me around because God put them on display. You got to be willing for God to put you on display. So this is not the time to be all sheepish and scared. God put me on display. God, God put me a cut above. God, shine the light on me. God, bless my socks off to all my family. No, there's got to be a God. God, turn my situation around. The folk will look at me and say, there's got to be a God. God, if you need anybody, you can use me. If you're blessing God, bless me. Lord, whatever you're doing in this season, don't do it without me. Put me on display. Put Deliverance Temple on display. Pass me not, oh gentle Savior. Whatever you're doing, God, do it through me too. 
But let, let, let's pull 14 and 2 back up. I have, uh, we're going to go back up to 14 and 2. I have above underlined, and it's in purple, but I want to switch and point out peculiar. Peculiar is important. I, I, I like that uh, word too. So let's, let's give us a definition of peculiar. And the word peculiar is like any other word that, uh, where you deal with etymologies. They sometimes the definitions shift and change over time. So the one we most normally think of is number one, strange or odd or unusual. But really what it's supposed to be is particular and special. Now, let, let, let me say, sometimes church folk who should have been on display have ended up looking strange and odd and unusual. Talking about I'm standing on faith. No, you're doing some stupid stuff. That ain't, that ain't faith. And, 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 and my wife's family, the, the Brooks, they would call it spooky. It's, it's some spooky pookies out there acting like they're living for God. You, you just crazy. You just strange. But we shouldn't be walking around looking strange, but we should be looking special. Now, now, now there are some women who are married to excellent husbands, but not everybody knew he was an excellent husband because at first when he was in school, he looked odd and he looked nerdy and he looked goofy, but they didn't know that he had a Bill Gates type of mind and went off to school and came back super smart and rich and it was some woman that seen the beauty of him and snatched him up and now that he got money, it's amazing as how cute he looked now. Women, it's amazing how when folk got something, y'all, man, he, I guess he ain't all that bad. He, he smelled kind of good. No, he just driving a Porsche. He still smelled like he used to smell, but he, you, you thought he was strange and odd and unusual, but he was special. Some of y'all women the same way. You've been special all your life, and people didn't understand your special. And, and some of y'all, you was built in a way that they didn't talk about was good back then. You always been big bone, but now they call big bone thick, and now thick is in, and now people seeing how special you are. You always been thicker than a snicker, but here you are, and everybody love you now. It's it's something about being hidden in your peculiarity and being hidden in your specialness because everybody doesn't need to know how special you are so God will hide you. I, I know what I'm talking about because I was an odd fella, a strange fella, but I done stepped into my own. I, I know what I'm doing. I'm confident about who I am. When I walk out the house, I know who I am, but ask mom and daddy and Kelly, I ain't always been this way. Yeah, it was odd, peculiar. Kelly would tell you, couldn't dress a lick, but, but God was hiding me for such a time as this. And it's my time to shine, and it's your time to shine. And like Paul told Timothy, stop being so timid and stop being so scary and, and stop being so afraid all the time. It's time for you to rise. This is your hour. This is your season. Walk like you are somebody. Walk, walk like you're somebody special. Walk like you are particular, special, and a cut above. When, when, when I, sometimes I'm traveling on the road and I have to stop 
and I stop at, at a McDonald's, I don't expect the bathrooms to look like anything. At the end of the day, it's just McDonald's. But when I'm at a high-priced restaurant, I always expect the bathroom to reflect that fact I'm in a place that's a cut above. And even though it's the hidden thing, it's still taking care of the hidden things. You got to learn how you're so special, you got to take care of the stuff that even people don't see. Brother, Brother Daryl cuts my grass, and you can only, from the street, you can only see my front yard. But I don't just pay him to do the front yard, I pay him to do the backyard too. Even though folk can't see the backyard. But I can see the backyard. And if I'm going to be excellent, I want to be excellent even in the stuff that cannot be seen. Because there's something about being a cut above, it affects everything that you do. And there's something about being a cut below, it affects everything you do. It's a mindset. So speaking of this peculiarity, let's look at 1 Peter 2 and 6. Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone, chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. There's no shame in your game if you put your trust in God. Next verse. So the honor is for you who believe. The what is for you? Honor. Honor, okay. But for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. At the end of the day, folk who don't believe shouldn't be walking around with more honor than us because we are the ones who believe. Next verse. And a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, they stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to do. There are some people who are destined to do it. They, 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 they're, they're wicked. They were based in wickedness. But that's not your case. And you got to stop acting like when you're weak, you're the same as wicked folk. You, you're, you're, not, you're not wicked. You may be weak in some areas. You're not wicked. Let me tell you something. Wicked folk don't come to church on a consistent basis and really want to change. There's some folk, wicked folk who come to church because they got different ulterior motives. But y'all folk, especially in the pandemic, when, when, when sickness is around, you press your way to church. You're not, no, you're not wicked. You may have some weaknesses, but you're not wicked. So why don't you act like you are somebody special? But here's the thing, every time you make a mistake, the devil tried to tell you how bad you are and how messed up you are. Yeah, I got some messed up areas, but at the end of the day, I'm covered by the blood of Jesus. I'm washed by the blood of Jesus. He died for me. He was buried for me. Three days later, he rose for me with power in his hand. Devil, what's your future look like? Hold on, devil, what's your past look like? Hold on, devil, what's your present look like? Look like you the one, the one who talking is the one who need to shut up. I, I'm the one who need to talk. I got honor on top of me because God loves some little old me. Jesus loves the little children. All the children of the world. Red and yellow, black and white. Red and yellow and bald-headed with a beard. He loves us all. And I, I'm going to put myself in this thing. I, I deserve some honor. And since I deserve some honor, I'm not going to stay on the same level all my life. I, I'm exploring. One of the reasons why I want to take my children, my boys, to Chicago, because I want them to explore and see stuff. I don't, you, your kids should see more than Heakin and McCullough Park. You, are, you ought to expose them to some stuff if you can. 
because it does something on the inside of them when they see what is available to them. Well, I can't do that. Go to the library, borrow the library's internet, and show some pictures to your kids just to get something in their mind to let them know that if they believe and trust in God, there's a certain level of honor they should have. And we are many times living beneath our privilege because we don't know who we serve. All right, let's, let's continue to read 1 Peter 2 and 9. This is the familiar passage. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous yeah, you, light. You may be weak in some areas, but at the end of the day, he called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So that means there's something marvelous about you. You, you. you are marvelous. You're something to be marveled at because you're no longer in darkness. You're in the light of God. And in the light of God, you are special. Here's the thing that I've learned because we've been dealing with cameras, high-definition cameras. The more highly you are defined, the more light will show both the perfections as well as the imperfections. So it'll show both the darkness as well as the light. I never understood why they, and when I went on TV that for, for the game show and another thing I did, uh, they, they put makeup on my forehead. I didn't understand that until I started seeing all, all that stuff shows up. When the light hits, everything shows up. Every crater, everything, all that stuff shows up. But here's the thing, we've been called out of darkness into a marvelous light and the marvelous light of God it doesn't show the imperfections it only shows the perfections how can you say that because the Bible says of Abraham in the New Testament it says that he was strong in faith giving glory to God it said he was not weak in faith but if you look in Genesis he was weak in faith he went ahead and slept with his uh, with the extra lady Hagar and brought a hold of Ishmael. But when God shines his light on you, everything you did in the flesh, he don't even remember it. He don't remember your mistakes and your imperfections and your weakness. He shines a light on you and makes you look better than you should have looked. And, and, and this is what it is. It's, it's, some of y'all understand that it's a filter. Let, let, let me let me pause and talk about this just for a second. I love social media, but some of y'all, when I see you out in the real life, I don't recognize you because you don't have all them filters on. And all you, them, them filters will make stuff look different. But I, I don't walk by some folk, and you that folks said, Pastor, you didn't speak to me. I didn't know who you was because I'm used to you with all them filters. If God took the filter off of me, you would see how filthy I'm, I really am. But I'm in the marvelous light. I got a filter over my weakness. I got a filter over my flesh. I got a filter over my sin. I look better than I should look. I'm a cut above, not because I am a cut above, but because God filtered me with his blood. I'm in the marvelous light, Sister Kelly. I'm in the marvelous, marvelous light. Sister Lynn, I'm in a marvelous light. Brother Doug, I'm in a marvelous light. Let's look at first uh, Peter 2, 9. I'm going to read it again in, in, in a different version. It says, but you are chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Most major 
countries have an ambassador to reflect the country that they come from. And so the ambassador is not the king, but if the king sends him out, the ambassador is going to look like he's kingly because he represents the king. But if I represent the excellent and majestic God, there's some stuff about me that's going to have to be excellent and majestic. It may not come overnight, but there's some stuff about me that's going to have to raise. And I know some folks don't want to talk about it. And sometimes it comes to your pocketbook too. Being broke all your life, all the time, doesn't reflect all that God can do. Not not here to judge because we've all been there. But don't think somehow that poor equals godliness because God is not a poor God. And, And here's the thing. Poverty only comes from wickedness because there's no reason why anybody should be poor. There's enough resources for this entire world. What restaurants throw away, they could give to those people who are starving over there. So poverty really comes from wickedness. So here's the thing. You shouldn't be comfortable in poverty if you can do something about it. Now, if you're in a situation where you can't and you're pressing, you should always be looking to do better. Some people, they, they, they don't like this kind of preaching because they're like, well, they talking about folk. They talk about the folk on section. Ain't, no, ain't nobody talking about nobody. We all start somewhere, but just because you started somewhere doesn't mean you have to stay somewhere. Yeah. Well, I prayed and God didn't answer my prayer. I, I went to heaven from section eight. Well, you got graduated when you got to heaven. It didn't make a difference, but just still could believe God to always raise your level. And like we talked about last week, sometimes the level don't raise based on our own laziness. Amen. But I'm not here to fuss today. We, done, we did that last week. So um, I underlined royal in one of those, uh, the scriptures that we read. So, so I, I want to go to verse 10, 1 Peter 2.10. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy... But now you have received mercy. Once we didn't have the filter on, but now we have the filter of God. We have the mercy of God. So we ought to be a happy, happy people. Yes, we've got things we got to go through. I, want, I, I understand that that's true, but you ought to spend your days in some happiness. Yeah. You got to learn how to laugh and joke and enjoy yourself. Listen, life will weigh you down if you let it. If you got a chance to laugh, if you got just two good friends, you ought to count yourself blessed and happy. Shoot, I'm, I'm going to be happy. Somebody folks say, Pastor, you so silly. I'm so silly because I'd lose my mind if I, had to, if I focus on all the hard things I got to deal with and all the issues I, I got to go through. I'd lose my mind. So I choose joy. I choose happiness. I choose to look on the bright side. I choose to see at the glass half full instead of half empty. Uh I didn't plan on going here, but, but I got time uh, to, to tell this, this story. And, and some of you guys know a little bit about it because it happened basically here. But this, it, was, it was the end of December 2020, last year, when uh, Mother Bennett had passed away. And I was coming to the church to help uh, with the, bear, the bearing of that, you know. And I, fortunately, I had asked the Lord for no more, just no more death. Please, one more before the end of the year. So uh, I, I get here and I'm doing things I need to do, but her, um, 
her family didn't all all of them didn't have access to come to be here. They didn't have rides. So I and another person said that we would go pick them up and bring them. So I'm doing a lot of stuff and then I'm going to pick up a group of family and I bring them here and I was going back to get another group and in between my phone is blowing up and I'm like, people know I got this funeral going on. And I looked down and it was it was John Beatty and I was like, I know John Beatty know I got a funeral because his uh, he was actually related to, to Mother Bennett on his mother's side. So I answered the phone, like, John, what's going on? He's like, man, that's a fatality on your job. I said, what do you mean it's a fatality on my job? He's like, yeah, somebody died on your job. I was like, really? Now, here I am thinking about Mother Bennett, and then they're telling me somebody died on the job. And so then, then uh, you know, uh, if you know John, John is animated about everything. But this was kind of interesting because I'm like, what's going on? We were out of the plant. It ended up being an independent contractor who happened to be a pastor. So I'm up here while the funeral is going on, and I get another text, and someone says, I heard somebody died in Marion that's a pastor. Are you okay, Andre? I'm like, yeah, I'm okay. I'm actually at a funeral, but I'm thinking it could have been me. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about all those things going on in my mind. And then while we, that was going on, my mother told me that my grandmother's brother had been found unresponsive on that day. And so she asked me to pray. So I, I'm, I'm praying, but I'm juggling all those other things in my mind all at the same time. And then I'm sitting up here, and I happen to look at my mother's face, and her face changed, and I knew the news that she got wasn't good. At the end of the service, she tells me, your Uncle Alcos is dead. That's three deaths I'm dealing with in one time, all in my mind. And then as we walk out of the funeral, Sister Ella says, uh, I think your dad ran into your car. I'm like, what? <laughs> She's like, no, like out there, and it, he actually actually did. He actually ran into my car on the way out from the funeral. You know what I ended up doing? I just laughed. Listen, I can't fix all the death, the people that are dead, the gone. I, I don't know what all that's going on. But listen, I'm not, I'm not going to let the devil buffalo me and push me down. Listen, some stuff you just got to laugh at all. First thing that I asked, I said, is he okay? See, I had been dealing with so much death, it put things in proper perspective. A car is not important. His life is important. Is he okay? I can get another car. I can't get another daddy. So sometimes as a pastor, I just got a hundred thousand things running through my mind trying to process them all. You are the same way. So guess what? When I laugh and joke, I'm doing it for a reason because I'm believing that the God that I serve, he's going to pull me out of some of the stuff that I'm going through. The Bible says we do with joy draw water from the well of salvation. I'm going to enjoy my salvation. You can be a saint looking like you're sucking on lemon heads all your life if you want to. I'm going to laugh. I'm going to enjoy. I'm going to play. I'm going to joke. I'm going to vacation. I'm going to drive and dress. I'm going to enjoy myself. I don't get another life here. I'm going to live it the best way I know how. I'm going to try to honor God with it, but I'm going to enjoy life. And that also means I'm not listening to the mighty clouds of joy. 24-7. I don't want the mighty clouds of joy. Sometimes I want the mighty clouds of joy to see on in my car. I, I'm going to enjoy my life. All right, let's, let's look at royalty. Look 
this simple definition of royalty. I've never seen this definition, and it makes me only think of one thing. People of royal blood or status. I, I don't care about what other king, monarch, or other folk are thinking about. I'm only thinking about the blood of the lamb. What can wash away my stain? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Guess what? I'm royal and you are royal. I dressed in perfect. Uh, purple on purpose because purple actually represents royalty and I dress in white on purpose because they say you can't wear white after Labor Day and Labor Day is coming quick so I had to go ahead and pull the white out while I had a chance but the white and the purple is to remind me that I got royal blood I've been washed whiter than snow I'm a king and I'm a priest I, I am the head and not the tail I want you to remember that about yourself too. Let me give you some synonyms of royal, royal synonyms. Let's, let's, let's put these up and look at them. Regal, kingly, queenly, excellent, marvelous. Remember that marvelous light? Magnificent, splendid, superb, wonderful, first rate, and first class. I need to let some of y'all know y'all are first class. You may have never been on a first class flight, but you still first class. You, you, you got a first class spirit. Your smile can change the world. There's something first class about you. It's something first class about your attitude. Your attitude is first class. You're regal. You're kingly. You are queenly. And I pastor some of the best looking people on the entire planet because they have the blood of the lamb, the blood of Jesus. All right, I, I got to turn a quick corner as we move to, to close. Let, let's, let's put up uh, the above definitions again. I've got three of them <coughs> striked out, if you can barely see it, but I've got one, two, and three. I have lines written through them because we already covered them, but there was a fourth one that I didn't want to talk about till later. Because this is sometimes where we get in, in trouble. The fourth one says, considered of higher status or worth than too good for. Let me say it again. Considered of higher status or worth than, but also too good for. Let, let, let me talk about that for a second. One of the reasons why we haven't been effective in the earth is because some of us have taken the blood of Jesus and we think we are too good for. So I, I don't understand people that only want their church to go to heaven. I love all of y'all, but y'all ain't the only folk I want to see in heaven. I, I, I love y'all, but I want to see some more folk than just y'all. I, I don't want just shouting and dancing and having B3 organ in heaven. I done had it all my life. Maybe I want some Joel Osteen quiet talking in heaven. I don't want just the normal. I want a myriad of things in heaven. Some folk just want their crew to go to heaven. How boring it will be with your crew. You and your dress all the way up to your neck and your skirt all the way down to you. I, I don't want to see all that in heaven. That ain't heaven to me. I don't know what that is, but that ain't heaven. I want to see some extra folk. 
But we have a lot of denominations and a lot of people who think they are too good for other folk. You got folk who sit in the same church with people and think they're too good for it. Let, let me let you know something. You're not a cut above so that you think you're better than somebody else. Because if you are, you haven't been listening to what apostle been preaching. The power of what? Humility. The power of being humble, which is based in the power of love. But he's been teaching us about being humble and the difference between arrogance and confidence. We're preaching confidence, not arrogance. You're not too good because if God take your breath, all you are is dust. Pastor Burris, who was preaching the funeral yesterday, made the, the, the statement that many of us make when we're preaching funerals. You can't take none of the stuff with you. I don't care how much you've done and where you've been. You can't take none of that stuff with you. When you die at the end of the day, your body decomposes and you turn back to dust. I, I don't care how good you worked on your body. Listen, over some years, you're going to look like skeletons and you're going to look dusty because at the end of the day, that's all you are. So you can get sedity about your shape if you want to. Guess what? Gravity will affect your shape. Ask some of them women who done hit 65, 70 and thought they was better than everybody else. They knees hurt like everybody else knees hurt. You, you ain't that special. And some of you men who done pump weight and your chest is sticking all out here like this, it'll be down here later on. You, you, you ain't too good for life. Cute folk will wrinkle. Cute folk will gain extra weight. Everything, everything eventually deteriorates. So the confidence we have is not on the outside, it's on the God on the inside. I'm confident in God, not in me, not in my looks, not in my education, not in my denomination, not even in this church. I'm confident in the blood of Jesus. So we're not, you're not too good for. Let, let's, let's give you something to help us understand. Let's, let's go to Revelation. Revelation 1.1. 1, 1. The revelation from Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants what must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John. So here's the thing that should clue us in on everything. When, when God was using John to have the revelation, the very last book in our uh, Bible, in, in the Bible that we use. He's showing him a revelation of Jesus Christ, and he starts off by using the word servant and servants. At the end of the day, you are a cut, of a, you are a cut above, but you're not a cut above to think you're too good for. You are cut above so that you can serve. Here's the thing. When I'm up here, I can pull someone else down. I can pull them up with greater leverage when I'm up here because I'm above and I have better leverage. Your cut above is to help folk, not to get caught up in yourself, not to get lofty and, and fly away. You, you, you know something that we do all the time that it looks beautiful, but at the end of the day, it really doesn't mean anything. We, we, we let balloons go up in the sky, and we like to look and see how beautiful, and they just look like they're drifting up in heaven. But you know at some point, them things bust and fall back down to the ground. Because at the end of the day, they just fill with helium. 
And if you get puffed up with yourself, I don't care how high you think you're going to go, one day you're going to come crashing back down to the ground. So we're not here to be sedated. Listen, we, we, we're not here to laugh at nobody. Listen, we are here to be deliverance temple, to lift people up, to raise people up, to help people up. I'm only above to help somebody else. Maybe I can say it like, uh, like the William brother said. I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody about a somebody who can save anybody. Yeah, I, I may have a suit on, but at the end of the day, I'm just a nobody. Trying to tell everybody about a somebody who can save anybody. He can save the backslidden. He can save the prostitute. He can save the drug addict. He can save the fool. He, he can save Donald Trump. He can save Joe Biden. He can save anybody. And I'm only a cut above to tell somebody the good news. Do you, do you think the good news is, uh, Sister Ruthie, now how was you baptized? That ain't no good news. Now listen, you anointed, but if you baptized in Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, I, I can't use you. That's not good news. What, what, what about where, where you, are, you a woman so you can't preach? That, what kind of good news is that? You mean Mary? Mary told everybody about Jesus and you mean later on uh, a woman can't get up and preach? That ain't good news. You're too good for. That's not what we're trying to be a cut above about. So let's, let's read verse 3. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy. And blessed are those who hear it and take to heart what is written in it because the time is near. You just get a blessing just by reading it and hearing it. Just right there, you got a blessing. All right, let's, let's go on to the next uh, verse. To the seven churches in the province of Asia, grace and peace to you from him who is and who was, and who is to come, and from the seven spirits before his throne. This is where John's going to see many, many things, but I'm not going to go that far, but let's look at verse 5. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood. By his blood. He's the firstborn among the dead, which means there's going to be more. And even though we will decompose and all that things, we will be raised to life like he was raised to life. He was the first, but it's going to happen to all of us if we are accepting and believing in his blood. Listen, this is a fail-proof way to win in life. All right, let's look at the next verse, the A clause of the verse, Revelation, Revelation 1, 6a. And has made us to be a kingdom and priests. Let's put this this up. Let's put this uh, graphic up. Kings and priests. Somebody say that with me. Say kings and priests. Kings and priests. One more time. Kings and priests. Kings and priests. One more time. Kings and, priests. kings and priests. Now many preachers get excited and preach about the fact that we are kings and priests. And yes, it is amazing. And yes, it is awesome. And yes, it is the truth. And that's exactly what the Bible says. It says we are kings and and we are priests. But let's look at what the next verse says, which is not really the next verse. It's the entirety of the verse. Let's look at Revelation 1, 6 without cutting it off the entirety of the verse. Read. 
and has made us to be a kingdom and priest. So we are kings and priests, but for what reason? Go ahead and make that solid. So it's really good to see. Make it solid. Go ahead. And has made us to be a kingdom and priest to serve his God and Father. Wait, to do what? To serve. So the only reason why we were made kings and priests was to serve. And to serve what? His God and Father. Which Jesus God and Father, which is the God of the... So so the only reason why God raised you up is so that you could be his servant. Yes. So you are cut above so that you can serve, so that you can commit to serve creatively. Yes. God turned you around, set your feet on solid ground, pulled you out of the muck and the mire, not for you to get the big head, but for you to turn around and serve humanity. If you don't believe it, let's go to these last scriptures and I'll read them. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Amazing scripture. We love it. It's one of the greatest scriptures ever written. But look at what the next verse is, what we sometimes forget. It says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. God didn't make you a cut above so you can run around talking about everybody that's going to hell. They going to hell. They going to hell. That y'all like Oprah in the car. You get hell. You get hell. You get hell. You get hell. How about you tell somebody about somebody being saved? Why you want to send everybody to hell? Only hellish folk want to send everybody to hell. She, she, she was singing in the choir, and then I seen her at Applebee's, and she had a cocktail. She going to hell. Man, you, you mean God's blood ain't greater than one cocktail? Well, some folk have had 25 cocktails. Well, God's greater than 25 cocktails. Do you understand what he experienced on the cross? And we want to give people hell over a few mistakes? You're not a cut above. You, you ain't thinking right, baby. But in Deliverance Temple, we're saying, uh, uh, we're saying read all about the news about a God that will save you in any state you're in. He won't leave you there. No, he won't leave you there. Maybe you started off with 25 cocktails, but maybe you won't need that after God gets done dealing with you and working on you. But we're not trying to send the world to hell because God didn't send his son in the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And we are the body of Christ. So that means folk ought to be getting saved through us. You're a cut above so you can help the world. Here's the final verse. And here's the reason why. This is why it's so important for us not to get the big head and be about our father's business. Because whoever believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe is condemned already. Because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. It doesn't say the folk who drink 25 cocktails are condemned. It says the people who don't believe. 
So there's a whole bunch of people out there that could believe, but we got a bunch of people inside who think they're too good. I'm too good to go talk to them. I, I'm too good to go there. I'm too good to go into the club. Now, some of y'all don't need to go into the club. Everybody don't need to. But some of y'all need to go into the highways and the byways and compel folk to come. Because the only thing that's keeping them out is they don't believe, but they'll believe when they see how God has made you a cut above. They'll believe that if God can do it for you, he can do it for anybody. As I close, I heard somebody say it this way. All salvation really is, is one beggar coming back and telling other beggars where they found some bread. I found a loaf of bread, but I can't eat all this by myself. Let me go find some more hungry folk and tell them I found the manna from Ohio. Let, let me tell somebody about a God that'll turn you around. Let me tell somebody about a God that'll deliver you. Let me tell somebody about a God that'll forgive you. Let me tell somebody about a God that'll clean you up, a God that'll wash you up. I'm a cut above to tell the whole world that there is a Savior. And his name is Jesus. And he came for your and my salvation. I want a Holy Ghost lasso to pull a many folk to heaven as I can. Because it's going to be a party in heaven. Ain't no party like a Holy Ghost party. Because a Holy Ghost party won't stop. I want as many people as possible. Come on, let's bow our heads. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, you have made us truly a cut above. And we thank you for how you're elevating us and raising us up and pushing us high. And God, how you created us to be like this, just like the bird who was flying higher than the building. He was created to do that, and we are created to be a cut above, but only so that we can serve humanity and pull others up to the higher heights that we've been in and the deeper depths that we've been in. And like Martin Luther King, I want to say I've been to the mountaintop. And I have seen the other side. And we, because of your righteousness, we are free at last. Thank God Almighty, we are free at last. Freedom belongs to us because of your blood. And help us to be a church and a people who will tell the world about your freedom that is free and paid for by your life. We are kings and we are priests, but we're kings and priests to serve. Now, God, if there's anybody under the sound of my voice who doesn't know you in the pardon of their sins and they just need help believing, God, I pray that they would just say these words, Father God, I believe. Save me, wash me, and make me a cut above. Just like the members of Deliverance Temple. In Jesus' name. Now, come on, somebody shout amen. amen. Stand to your feet and just shout hallelujah like you are cut above. Come on, if you are cut above, just praise the Lord just for about 35 seconds. Hallelujah. God bless you. God bless you. You are dismissed. We love you. Go out there and tell the, somebody. About your Savior. Yes, Amen.